What's going on, bro? What's up, my brother? How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, for, for all the people listening, this is officially episode one of Inspire the Great podcast. Uh, basically, quickly, we're going to introduce ourselves and, and you know tell you who we are, why you should be listening to this. Uh, but before anything, this podcast is made with the intention not only to inspire uh, you to be your greatest self, but to hopefully open your mind to new ideas, uh, new ways of thinking, and start bigger conversations. Um, you know, so my name is Jeremy Hecht. I was invited uh, by my brother to do this podcast. We we randomly connected, and we'll get more into the details of this story over the course of the next couple of weeks. But we randomly connected, um, or not so randomly, because everything happens for a reason. You could say alignment. Yeah, we we aligned through through Instagram. He's got an amazing page, which he'll talk more about. Basically, a little bit about myself is uh, I do interviews uh, and video content for Hip Hop DX. Currently, I've worked for Before They Were Famous for Power 106, uh, a lot in the hip hop space. But basically, I try to ask the questions that nobody's asking, get the answers that people want to know, and start larger conversations, uh, whether it's about hip hop, life, philosophy, trauma, mental health, things like that. So hopefully, we can open your mind to some new ideas through this podcast. Yes, that is definitely the goal. And for everybody listening, this is Zachy the Great, uh, founder and creator of Inspire the Great. Um, talk about alignment. So before I get in, before I start talking about myself, basically how I came by your pages, of course, my Inspire the Great page is full of interviews and everything. So I watched the whole Jeezy interview, the game interview that you did, not knowing that you did it. So one day... I posted uh, the Jeezy and it was doing numbers. I like, I think it was like a hundred and something thousand, 150,000 clearly for you to come by it randomly. So you were like, yo, this is mine. Can you tag me? I'm like, yo, bet, say no more. So tagged you, put you on the story, put you in the comments, everything. And then that's how we connected. So um, it's crazy because sometimes the people that we look up to or the things that we are watching, once you get aligned with it, it just, it's, it's surreal. Because sometimes you think it's bigger than life. Like this person is on YouTube, you're watching them, they're probably not going to talk to me. And then when you start talking to me, so this is Zaki. Um, been doing Inspire the Great for about almost two years now. Great, great, greatly successful. Um, my goal was to really tap into the people's minds and connect them to a higher uh, frequency. And every time you come on my page to feel an energy that you haven't felt before. So that way you know the difference between what you did feel before mm. and what you felt at that moment. So every time you do come back, I just wanted that that place of peace and that place of alignment on my on my page. And it's been greatly successful so far. It's been amazing. Um, a young Canadian, East African born uh, man who just wanted to create something greater than life. And here we are on a podcast together. But two Canadians, though, so that's gang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm from Winnipeg, Canada. Uh, moved out to LA basically three years ago, three and three and a half years ago, to pursue this dream um, in what I call the the J Cole method, where you know I came out here for school, but really I was just trying to work with Jay Z in quotes, you know. Right. And uh, we'll get into you know the stories later on but i think right now i just want to ask you first of all how are you feeling yeah. with all of this madness going on in the world um how i feel is surprised to an extent but like it's something that we can't control it's so out of our control and out of our hands that you just have to think it's the universe universe kind of humbling us mm. kind of telling us to breathe because yo um i was saying last night on live the number one thing that people run away from is being alone with their own thoughts. Yes. Every time someone comes on my page and they say, yo, how can I change? How can I do this? How can I reprogram my subconscious mind? The first thing that I do tell them is, yo, find the time to actually be alone. Turn the TVs off, turn the phones off, meditate with your thoughts so you can understand where they're coming from. Soon as that said, the conversation ended. Nobody wants to hear that because like, that's when your biggest fears and your biggest um, pain and all the regrets and everything just comes to you. But we have to go through that in order to, 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 you know, in order to heal. So I feel like this is the universe really doing its thing in a random, funny way of telling us, yo, you guys didn't want to do it. At first, you guys had choices, but now let me not give you choices. So that way we need a little bit of healing in this world. So yeah. that's what I think about it. 
it's really interesting because uh, I'm with you. I think the the most frightening thing for most people is just being alone with themselves. Um, yeah. And when you're when you're cut off from the world, you can't go out. You can't do all the things that were distracting you beforehand. You can't necessarily go to the movies. You can't go to the club. You can't hang out with friends. Uh, not only are you forced to deal with your reality in a lot of ways but you're forced to deal with the reality of your thoughts and like i remember i think it was kendrick a long time ago uh he said every morning when he wakes up he just looks at himself in the mirror and i i I remember like this was like maybe 11th grade i heard that i took that really seriously because the way he was describing it was not only does he look at himself in the mirror as in like physically but looked at his his insecurities looked at right. all the things he didn't like about himself every morning and had to be like you know what that's a part of me and i think when you uh holistically view yourself with all the things wrong with you all the things you love about yourself all the things you want to be um that's the only way you can move forward um do you do you meditate every morning or do you visualize i know you're big on, on manifestation What what's your routine like Yes, both of them. So first thing in the morning when I wake up, first thing is gratitude, of course. Um, just I think about everyone that's sick, everyone that like for me, it's always been that way. But like I I'm very harsh on myself, mm. how I think, how I process things. Right. Um, so at the age of 14 years old, I almost died several times. So from then on, I'm like, yo, if I see another day, if God, universe, whatever you believe in gets me through this then I'm here for a reason. At 14 years old, having a barrel of an eight, looking down the barrel of an AK-47 is not a joke. So um, from then on, I'm just like, yo, I'm here for a reason. That's really when I tap into a higher purpose and really being in aligned with how I feel, how I move and everything because I wasn't supposed to be here. So from then on, it's just everything that I do from there on has to be on a higher level because mm. I've seen death because I escaped it, because it wasn't my time, it's for a reason. So let me find that reason. Let me align with that reason. So meditation is something very important to me. And even with visualization, do you know how sometimes you you get things, but you don't know where it's coming from? Yeah. That's how life has been ever since I was 14 years old. Like my first job was at uh, McDonald's, 13, turning 14. And you being Canadian, you know the, avail- the, the jobs and stuff in Canada, but 14 is the legal age. Mm-hmm. So getting a job at 13 before I even turned legal a couple of weeks before it ever since then never ever looked for a job back to back to back I'm getting jobs not knowing where this is coming from but as I grew up a little bit older came into the uh, realized a lot of attraction and how things work and your thoughts and your brain and everything your frequency so I continue doing that throughout my whole life um every morning that I wake up meditation and visualization is definitely on the on the board on the plans um, and then a couple of things that are dope that I do is um, a cold shower first thing in the morning just to wake yourself up, align yourself, but also to tell your mind that it's not in control 24-7, mm. that you can rewire things because it's always used to this, 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 and this, and then that's how it just thinks everything happens. So sometimes if you take the cold showers, it re it reprograms yourself to start the day in a different manner. It starts the day so fresh and just wakes you up a lot more. So what about you? How do you feel about meditation and visualization? Uh, it's been like, I think the last year or so um, I, that I've really gotten into it more. Like I've, I started with like guided meditations in the morning where uh, it'll kind of tell you prompts on like what to think. But for a long time, I, as long as I can remember, I've, I've practiced gratitude, like you said, like just waking up and I'll literally just say, thank you, God, for, for this day, for allowing me to breathe. And especially in, in a time like this, where we're the lucky ones, you know, we're, we're not sick, but not only that, we're not struggling um, in a lot of ways that a lot of people are right now. And not only are people having to deal with what we were talking about before with their thoughts, but people are having to deal with their situations right now, which are looking bleak. Um, and there's not, doesn't seem to be a lot of government help right now. So it's a lot, you know, I just feel blessed in that way. But in terms of meditation, um, I've just started really like visualizing and like, you know, thinking really, really big. Cause somebody told me once, uh, you got to dream way bigger than you think is realistic. Cause you're going to catch up pretty quickly. 
So, you know, once I started hitting certain goals that I had written down, now I'm like, okay, let me think really, really big, even on, on a day-to-day basis. Um, and then hopefully I catch up to that, you know, as we go. But one thing you said that I think uh, is a good conversation to have that people might be able to take something away from is how, how you remind yourself that you're not always in control. And I think in this time, especially, that's what I keep thinking about is the lack of control that we have, but the imagined control we think we have. So like on, on a day-to-day basis, the difference is crazy, crazy. And we, we walk around thinking for the most part, like that, and, and this might not be everybody, but me personally, I, I remember thinking like, I'm going to attack this day, right? I'm, I'm writing down my goals at the beginning of the day, even if we're, we're meditating, whatever, this is what I'm going to do. This is the next step. Here's the next interview I'm going to do. Here's the next person I'm going to talk to. And then one day, boom, boom. Out of nowhere, everything, everything, everything is cleared out of our schedule. <laughs> um, another, okay, so I, when was the last time you took a flight? I was supposed to fly. So I was supposed to fly two weeks ago, um, and I didn't. There's something that happened within my company that made it happen, so I had to push my flight back, and then I yeah. never ended up being able to get on that flight. Yeah. So I was saying that you probably flew not too long ago then for business or travel reasons. Um, I fly a lot, so how I think about it is, when you're flying and the higher you get, the smaller the ground gets. Mm. So you're flying and you can see people and the people turn into ants and the building turns into ants and just everything gets so, so small. And really as you're flying higher and the higher your attitude, your altitude goes, that's how small we are. That's how small our problems are. Mm. But because we're living through them, because we're in them, it just seems so big. Like, if you get 36,000 feet high, you'll laugh at the shit that you think about. Because mm. at that moment, if that's the closest you are to the unknown, you don't know how the fuck this plane is flying. You don't know how the fuck things are going to work out. That's when prayer is in full effect. And usually that's when I write the most. That's when I meditate the most is when I'm 36. I fly four times a month. Wow. So and you I've been doing it six years straight. Jeez. Sometimes six times a month. Yeah. So all I know is grind, fly home, my kids grind. So I've been flying so long that I just love, love when I'm in the air looking at a different type of level, different type of frequency. And it just reminds me, yo, everything at the bottom is really not what we think of. We have no can do is just keep going no matter what and just try to you know try to do things that we try to control things that we can only control yeah it's crazy because uh on that note like when you zoom out it's not often that we get a chance to zoom out i think like when you when you zoom out from your problems this is something that does that for you because whether you were worried about you know, something somebody said to you or something about work or like little problems. When you look at like, okay, there's a global crisis happening. You could die. You could get sick. Your friends could get sick, your grandparents, whatever it is. Uh, the shit you were worried about before is really, really small. Um, right. On another note though, the, what you said about the flying is interesting. Like yeah. it's almost like, and you probably experienced this too, the higher you get in terms of climbing towards your dreams and climbing towards your goals, sometimes uh, the further distance you have between either your old life or the people that were in your life before. And so it's almost like sometimes the higher you go, not everyone can come with you. And so the people who you were, you know, connected to before might be just those little specks on the ground. It's not like they weren't important to helping you get off the ground. But it's tough to balance, like, you know, that distance. 100%. 100%. And even, like, not even just not only career or success-wise, but even, like, for us to be at the level we're at, that means we tap into a different frequency in our mind, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even sometimes you don't have to um, act a certain way or do it. Like, just energy can be felt. So even for me, when I was uh, about two years ago is when I reprogrammed my subconscious mind. So um, it takes 66 days to reprogram your subconscious mind. So I took a 67-day course. So what happens is um, the family and friends that I'm around that, that are used to me, 
kind of started seeing me act differently, if you could, if you could say. But like energy can be felt, so they just felt like things were changing and everything. But you start seeing tests. You start seeing the universe test you with the people that you love the most. Mm. People start saying, "Oh, you're changing. You're doing this. You're doing that. You're the same person, but because." you want to get to a different level or because you want to tap a different frequency, people start labeling you as, oh, you changed, you're different, you're this. But that's just the universe testing you because a lot of times we say we want it, a lot of times we act like we want it, but when certain tests happen, we just fall victim to it or we go back to our old ways, you know? Talk to me about the, that's crazy, the, the, the reprogramming your subconscious mind. I mean, we can get into this. Uh, this could be a whole two, three right. day podcast, but like, right. what does that entail? Like, I'm curious, like, what do you have to do like on a step basis to start I'm reprogramming happy. it? Uh, I'm happy you asked, right? So the number one thing, and that's the reason why me posting three times a day consistently for two years straight has become easier for me because the number one thing that I had to de- deal with was repetition. Mm. I had to write down my goals. I had to write down my fears. I had to read um, books and listen to audio books and watch videos every single day. There's not a day I can miss it. No matter what mood I'm in, no matter what I had to do, the repetition was the number one thing that we had to do. So um, I'm really happy you asked this because no coaches that I came by, no mentors tell people that 20 days into it, 30 days into it, your mind fights back. Mm. So I'll be at work, nothing wrong with my kids, nothing wrong with my family, nothing wrong with my people at all, and I just get an anxiety attack and depression that I've never felt before. I've left work twice and flew to Seattle just to kiss my kids because I felt like, like I'm really dying. Yeah. Like it got worse. It almost got worse before it got better or like, or you experienced like extreme highs and extreme lows, extreme highs and extreme lows. Like it, it, it got worse, but didn't stay, but it was a test. It's the old ways coming back. So to form the new ways, the old ways become a test to you. Oh, wow. Before things fall off, before they fall off, mm. they become a way to you. Because it's almost presenting itself as like, here, like, you can go back. It's easy if you, right. want, if you want to. And, and, it's, and it's only the strong mentally, in this case, survive because it's so easy to go back to your old habits. Right. And when it's around us 24-7, like, for example, like, when I say I'm harsh on myself, bro, I've never smoked, never drank, nothing in my life. Wow. Now, because I, like, my whole story is just weird, but in a good way, unique in a good way, right? I just want to tell myself, yo, no matter what, I don't want anything in life to control me. Mm. I don't want people to control me. I don't want gambling, drugs, homies, blah, gang, whatever it is that humans use, to come into to feel like they're loved or to feel like they need i don't want anything that that is gonna harm me in a way where i feel like if i don't have it at that moment like it's 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 gonna cause me to act differently so this must be even tougher if that's your mindset like when when something like you know a coronavirus comes out of nowhere and you and you have to submit almost like it's that must be even tougher than usual Right. Yes. Yes. And no, because when I was doing it, right. Um, one of the things that I really had to do is surrender. Mm. Like that's a powerful word that not a lot of people tap into is once again, we're talking about control and everything. Everybody wants to control things, but once you tap into a different level of surrendering and actually understanding that you're not in control is actually when you do have the most control. Yep. When you yep. you have control, when you don't have control, and when you surrender to something greater than yourself, is when everything aligns for you. That's mm-hmm. when you really do have control. It's not control that you're making things happen, but allowing them to happen is the control that you have. And I think surrendering is also like something that's so important to do when you feel something strongly. And, and, yeah. and I'm not I'm not talking about like a vice or. Uh, temptation but like when you're surrendering to your higher purpose or you're surrendering to something that keeps pushing you towards a path and you keep I think it was it might have been Jim Carrey 
uh, I don't remember who said this, but where it was like, your your path and your purpose is always going to open a door for you, no matter how far you get in your life. You could be 50 and there's going to be a door open to you. But if you're if you're ignoring the signs and you ignore the omens that are there that are pushing you towards that dream, then you never notice it. But you could be 60 and wake up and be like, no, this is actually my purpose. And there will be a door that opens for that first step. And it was interesting because I'm, I'm rereading The Alchemist right now. And uh, I read the back for the first time. And he wrote his first book when he was 38 years old. Like, that's crazy. And we all, we all think like, oh, you're, you're 20, 25 is old, 30 is old, whatever. It's like, no, like the guy who started Grey Goose was 70. The, like Paulo Coelho was 40 years old. Jay Electronica, speaking of, was Right. Above 40 years old when he dropped his debut album is not right. too late ever. Some, some, right, right. Something that hip-hop really doesn't do. Like, after 40 years old and watched, it don't work that way. But, um, yeah, man. And, and even another person that I'm sure you're very tapped into is Gary Z that always talks about, yo, yeah. you still have 80 years ahead of you. If you're 20, you're still living another 70 years. Just calm down, you know? But that's, again, to talk about, uh, I just posted right now, that's to talk about instant gratification. Mm -hmm. That's because social media. So let's say right now you post anything or I post, I have a, I have a, I have a big brand. If I post something, I'll see a hundred likes. Instantly. Like yeah. 30 four seconds. Minutes. Yeah. Right. So that doesn't mean that I'm going to make a hundred dollars in four minutes. Like if I now post something that I'm selling or anything, unless I'm a high brand. So that's those likes don't mean real life. Yes. Those, those likes don't mean that if you post something, whether you're selling advertising or something even greater, that it's going to happen. So people connect those things together and want instant gratifications like comments and likes and everything. When it doesn't happen their way, they think, oh, uh, I'm not enough or I'm not this. No, that's the universe telling you, keep going, man. You, you have things too easy. And that's to come back to like this side of the world has everything so easy that there's a, there's a saying that I say, right? we have it so easy that we have to make it difficult for ourselves. Mm. And the other side of the world have it so difficult that they make it look easy. That's, that's the, that's one of the craziest contrasts I think that exists is, is the fact yeah. that you see somebody halfway across the world who has nothing, who appears to be happy. Right. And then we yeah. have everything, uh, to them, we'd have everything, but we're still right. either searching or still unhappy. We still have problems. Right. It's like, even like Big Sean had that line where he's like, stressing over little shit when I should be happy, I can. Like, it's almost a blessing that we're able right. to stress over shit. Bro, it's, it's just how everybody thinks is so different, right? Because I'm on two sides. I was born in East Africa. Mm -hmm. I was born in Somalia. I was born in like, grimy, griminess, right? So coming into this world and how we see what people talk about America and Canada, literally to the other side of the world, this is heaven. Crazy. And, and this side of the fucking world is running away from this. <laughs> it's yep. running away from all the things attached with this. So it's too, that, that's another thing with humanity. That's another thing with human beings, right? You don't know how much of a blessing you have till you step out of it. Yes. And, and there's no way it's crazy because even when you do that, right, like this is the perfect time to, to use this as, right. an, as an example. Right. We appreciate our health right now. Like we're waking up even more, more so than, than any, normal. More than ever. Right. I'm healthy. Right. I'm grateful. There's going to be a time, whether it's two months, whether it's two years from now, where we don't give a shit anymore. It's just every right. day back to the routine. That's a distant memory. Oh, remember when there was that thing? Like if we're lucky enough to make it that far. But there's no way, and this is, I think, maybe just part of the human condition, but something that I've always wished there was, there's no way to fully take yourself out of your problems and your circumstance and see that bigger thing and always have a reminder because your problems are still yours and they still exist. So there's no way to tell somebody in pain, and I don't think it's even fair to, like, if, you, if you're struggling, let's say, with a bill or an illness or a problem, even with an interpersonal problem, a relationship problem, a friendship, whatever, if you're feeling something in that moment, I, I shouldn't have the right, nobody should have the right to tell you not to feel that. And, and the comparative pain, just because somebody's starving halfway across the world, doesn't mean you shouldn't feel that. It's just this, It doesn't even make sense. 
It's just this doesn't tough even make sense. There's no way that you could say, "Oh, you're going through this." Imagine. No, I mm-hmm. don't want to imagine. I'm going through what I'm going through. Like there's different. So, to 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 ask you, how serious do you think? Um, so we have three different parts, you guys. Uh, the first part is control. The second part is serious or not serious, and the third part that we're gonna talk about is music. So the first part is everything that we just spoke about. Second part is serious or not serious. So we'll talk about a couple of different uh, topics and uh, answer if they are serious or how serious or if they're not serious. So let's start with Corona. How serious do you think it is? How serious do we really need to take it? I think we we keep finding out how how uh, that is more more and more serious. Like I think at first we were ignorant. I'll I'll admit I was even right. a little bit like skeptical of like oh you know people with low immune systems older people which is selfish on my part to even think because like if i caught it and i give it to them they're at risk so it's like but but now that it and and as sad as it is and we'll talk about this in a second when the nba shut down i think is when most people in america at least were like in canada were like okay this is real (laughs) um but i think i think the seriousness we won't see for real until two or three weeks because uh we don't have real numbers. Nobody's getting tested. Uh, people are in their houses, which is fine, but they could have caught it yesterday, two days ago, last weekend before the shutdown. Um, and so I think in two weeks, we'll really see. Like, I, I don't I don't see going back to normal. I'm saying serious. I'm saying very serious. What, what do you say? All right. So for me, uh, just like you said, we don't know how serious it is because the symptoms don't show or any symptoms don't show from three days to 27 days. Yeah. Do you know how many people we talk to and get in contact with from three to 27 days? Like for anybody that travels, for anybody that works in the oil industry, that works any type of industry that really has so much people around them 24-7, whether it's the food industry, fashion, whatever it may be, right? Um, this one is a different type of, it is serious, a different type of serious. And like you said, we won't know how serious till till the actual real numbers come out. And even then, we won't know exactly how many numbers are there. It's yeah. like, it's wild. So um, we all thought it was a joke at first. Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. things happen and everything until everything shuts down and you what really hit me, you kind of spoke about it. What really hit me is, is, two things right when i see companies shutting down yes that shit don't happen easily no that it don't that's money and then on top of that when i see sport companies billion dollar companies i'm like no no this is a different type of thing and that leads us to to the second thing uh on serious or not the financial crisis uh which like you said and, and that that that's part of the reason that made me take it serious is because these people care about money over everything. The higher ups, those like 1%, the owners of teams, the NBA, the people who control the the industry, uh, right. they're not just going to shut things down unless they absolutely have to because they care about money over everything. So like right. with that being said, how serious do you think uh, this recession is? Yo, like you said, man, um, everything is numbers to them. They don't care about anything else, even if they have to like do it themselves. Even if the owners gotta come yeah. down out of their building and play, and, put on right. the jersey, <laughs> right? Whatever the hell they gotta do to keep it going. So as far as the financial crisis is happening, it's very serious. So we know that it occurs every decade, right? Yeah. But there's no number that comes with it. There's no promise that comes with it. Nobody said, oh, it happened 2008. We'll do it again to no. It doesn't work that way. We just don't know exactly. The estimate that we're given is every 10 years, right? Because for every high, there has to be a low. Mm. If we, okay, so going back to, I'm going to continue with the financial crisis, but it's going to attach to life and it's going to attach to corona, right? Hit me. If we stay at a high, people are going to start becoming very ignorant. Yes. And I think that's where we're at. We're high with financial. We're high with everything. We're high with stability, happiness, everything mm. that we forgot that America cannot be touched. <laughs> Comes this little fucking green virus. We don't even know if it's fucking green, but we all believe it looks that's, like Yeah, that's what it looks like in all the, in all the memes. <laughs> exactly. Comes this little green thing, right? 
and we thought the next thing was going to be World War Three and everything. We thought it was going to be something dramatic. This little virus stops, goes back to once again control. We really don't have control of no. shit, man. No. A little virus stops the entire globe. It's something that if someone told us five years ago, would have been like, yo, stop smoking, man. Chill out, man. It's not even something that's believable. So the financial crisis happens every um every decade, like they said. The ni- 1970s was the Great Recession. 1980s was the failure of 2,808 uh, U.S. financial institutes. 1990 was the international uh, international fi- uh, financial crisis, and then the 2000s was the, was the collapsing of the national housing bubbles and everything. So, 2000, 2000, 2008-ish was the last one. We knew it was coming. Yeah. So in, since 2017, 18, 19, we were talking about it. No one ever thought it was going to hit because of a virus. That was out the window. We thought because um, numbers were going to drop, stocks were going to drop, things were going to happen, whether it might be a war or something, something like usually starts it, which in, in the early times was, was wars and everything. But like I said, every time it gets so high, we need the lows to humble us. Mm. It's one more thing before we get right. One more thing before we get to the next topic is if we have everything that we need—health, love, happiness, money—no one would ever pray. There's no need for faith. There's no need for faith. When you're on your deathbed, when you're when you don't have it your way, when your kids are sick, when you're sick, is usually when you tap into God or whatever you believe in. It's a reminder. Another thing, another thing that I always use as an example is sickness is actually another form of gratitude and another form of alignment with whatever you believe in. Imagine if we stayed healthy all the time, nobody would understand. Not nobody would yeah. understand, it, like how how important it is. It's like I think I think that's a good point. Like I think, and I think that's maybe why. You know, obviously, I don't know shit, but maybe that's why life isn't permanent. Like, if you if you were here forever, you wouldn't need faith because you know the next day is coming. There's there's no reason for it. Like you, know, like I'm good. I'm like, you know, and 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 even in the sickness thing, it's like I don't know that that's necessarily why we get sick, but I think it's a it's a result uh of it is us having more faith in in the whole thing because it's like that's another thing where I wish. There was, I always say, I wish there was uh, just a little shot, even if it was just a little prick that you could just poke your finger and give yourself the feeling of the next day after you've been sick for a long time. Like that day after you get over a cold, you get over Yo, the you know, you, know, you know, it's crazy to say that um, something crazy that happened is uh, Muhammad Ali being one of the most powerful people in the world, one of the most inspirational people in the world, right? Yeah. Um to remind himself of something greater than himself. Anytime he got too complacent or anytime he got too comfortable, he would have a lighter in his pocket. And everybody wow. would ask him, why have a lighter? You're not, you don't smoke. He said, no. Every time I get too comfortable, this guy was an extremist though. What's a different <laughs> level of smoke? That's crazy. So he would take the lighter out and he said, every time I get comfortable, I burn my hand. Oh my God. And he said, <laughs> I, he said I, I would remind myself that I'm too comfortable and that would give me uh, a feeling of knowing that I'm alive and what to live for. That's incredible. Crazy. He's a psycho, but born. incredible. Exactly. And there's people that do go extreme like that. And for me, it's always been um, studying the major, major people and corporations that really made me really love success to the next level, right? Like, every time I, I worked at McDonald's, so everywhere I worked, I would look at the, the, the back-end numbers. Yeah. We get paid 10, 11, 12, whatever you get paid, but nobody really looks at how much that company makes, makes. and how much that company uses. It gives you a different level of, a different point of view, a different perspective, and a different level of success. Like we're so used to just what we have in the part we have the little part, the yeah. little, not even the lion's share, the little part that we have that we don't understand is greater out there, and that's the reason why I love flying so much. Because when I go to these airports, I'm in these billion-dollar companies. I look at these billion-dollar like just even the place that they fucking do the engineering and the and the construction for the for the airplanes. 
we don't understand how much that costs, man. That's billions of dollars that we see every day. How many people drive by airports every single day and no one just stops and says, yo, like, I can have a piece of that. There's nothing in this world that says you cannot have a piece of what you really deserve. And what you deserve is what you prepare for. And people are not preparing for what they deserve. Everybody thinks they're deserving of something. It's funny because, like, you know, this is going on to the next topic we were talking about, serious or not, is uh, is all the sports teams shutting down. And it's interesting on that note, when you're talking about what you deserve versus what you're prepared for, uh, people say that, like, you know, they complain that basketball players, let's say, make too much money or, like, LeBron shouldn't get that much money. $100 million contract, that's insane. In my opinion, they don't get paid enough because if you look at the amount of revenue that an NBA team makes. Right. Let's say, you know, what, what LeBron brought to Cleveland even, billions of dollars, if not, I think it was close to a trillion dollars, like something nuts. Uh, he should be worth that money right. that he's bringing. So it's like, uh, a, a, even on a smaller scale, like, you know, if you're right. bringing a certain amount of revenue to a company and they're worth that, that's what you're, you're worth to a degree. But, right. but yeah, like, with, with this thing shutting down, it'll be interesting to see. I feel like, do you think we're going to have, like, a summer filled with sports? Like, or is this going to go on long? Like, how serious do you think this is? Nah, nah. We're definitely not having no summer sports at all. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't it doesn't look like it. Because you got to understand, like, we don't know how long, number one, the symptoms last or anything. And also, um, it's not that easy to just, restate, yeah. refocus schedule nights, billions of dollars, arenas that they gotta rent out, so much stuff that they gotta do. Of course they wanna make their money back, but even if let's say a shutdown happens where it's just like we this is that's the crazy thing about this is we don't understand how long it might take. Like yeah. Okay, so let's say whether it's a shutdown or not, let's say there's a time period of recovery. They won't stop this till the last person is recovered. Yeah. So we're talking about a national, a global thing that we don't understand. Even right now, what we're we're probably a month into it, and we don't even know the we don't even have an estimate of the numbers. Mind you, one person that works with me in the oil industry randomly was working, 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 and then one day went to the fucking medic, and then he tested positive. We don't know, and this is the middle of. Canada. This is the middle of nowhere yeah. in the oil industry. So if it can reach to this level, we don't know how far it can reach and we don't know how long it could take. We're hoping let's get this out. We're hoping that everything does come back because we need a summer. We need, you know, we need sports. We need movies. We need all this stuff. And it's crazy that we say that because more than we need ever is the respect and the love we gotta have for nurses, doctors, yeah. and the people that are actually working, man. I I have to put that in and go serious for a second, because like, you know, when something is in front of you so much, you, you take it for granted. Right, right, right. When something is there all the time, that's just what you see all the time, right? That I mean by sports teams, by celebrities, by movie act act actors and actresses they're in front of us all the time whether it's a movie whether it's us watching tv but we take for granted the nurses and the doctors and the people we walk by every single day the restaurant workers bro like like i'm drinking an iced coffee right now like you take for granted the people that you literally interact with on a daily basis and they're the ones who are out there right now right working the restaurant uh, the ups people anybody the warehouse people like imagine if all that Yo, it's crazy, man. So, man, this is humbling. This is really bringing us back to humanity and really making us understand that whether you have a dollar or whether you have one billion dollars, you're just you're still a you're human. human. You're human. And and and, and and to close off, you know, like one of the other things that I've I've appreciated more over this time is music, um, because. For a while, I was listening to mostly. I was gonna make a joke and say because we have no option right now. Yeah, literally. Like, <laughs> you're forced to like, unless the NBA starts playing online live 2K tournaments where they just play as themselves, which <laughs> right. would be hilarious. Right. <laughs> but yeah, so, uh, you know, we'll close off by talking about a couple albums that dropped. Um, Jay Electronica, like we mentioned before, so he dropped his his debut yeah. album at, you know, ten years if not more, yeah. 
after he yeah. first announced it. Uh, yeah. I gotta say, yeah, I gotta say, I was impressed. Now, I this is twofold. This is twofold. Yeah. On one yeah. hand, yeah. Jay Z did overtake the spotlight because he's yeah. Jay Z. He's the greatest rapper to ever do it. He's the best yeah. rapper alive. Right. He's rapping at maybe the highest level we've seen Jay rap at in a right. long time, right. if not right. ever. Um, and so he started off the album. He had a verse on basically every song. On one hand, okay, Jay-Z took the spotlight. On the other hand, Jay Electronica is so potent and so uh, immaculate with his words and his presence on a song that even with Jay-Z on the song, you're forced to pay attention to every single word Jay says, which is impressive. Yeah. And, and he didn't rush his message. Yeah. He... If he only felt like he needed one verse, he gave you one verse. If he wanted to give you full song, he did. Um, but the other thing that I think I took away from this album most, besides it being really enjoyable, and I've gone back to it, um, two things. One, I think it showed me, whereas before I thought of him as this mythical figure, right? This dude who was like in in the in the crevice of, of the world somewhere hidden away and he was only going to prepare this album at the right time. But on the album, he had a couple lines where he seemed actually insecure, right? He's talking about the gravity of his pen. Sometimes, he, is he, does he really want to give this to us and just, just to get critiqued? And, and sometimes he was held down by, by the pressure and, li and living up to the hype. And so that was interesting to me to see him as like a human being. And then the other point is, how he, whether it was because of the insecurity or because of other reasons, he he didn't feel rushed by the world, you know? Like, even yeah. if it was because he wasn't ready to give it to us or he didn't feel confident enough, a lot of people feel that way and still put something out. He, he took his time, right. and the album itself almost felt like a slowed-down version of the world. Like, I listen to it, and I'm forced to pay attention. The beats aren't trap-heavy. It's almost like, here's this piece of work that's way slower than you're used to experience it right. in that way right um couple of things um first and foremost is is with the insecurities and the people are critiquing it and everything number one it comes with the territory you're one of the greats mm -hmm. no matter who the fuck it is we like if you don't respect LeBron, then you don't respect your your life. You know, you don't respect yourself. But LeBron, the, the, the number one greatest basketball player right now, every time he goes out there, someone says something about him. Whether Stephen A. Smith or any of these guys or, or even a random Joe in the, ra in the most random place of Texas. So that just comes with the territory. But first, let me give you a credit. Earlier we were talking before this and you said this album would not happen, maybe, maybe would not happen without Jay-Z. And that might be true as it comes. Maybe if Jay-Z didn't push, maybe if Jay-Z... Jay-Z um, said to him, yo, I bet you let's go pen for pen, let's go pen for pen. Uh, and if we go pen for pen, you, you, if you go pen for pen, we drop this album. That's that's that maybe that's to the extent Jay-Z has to go for us to hear this yeah yeah he like needed to like fill dr. it in right just like dr j maybe it wasn't dropped in so to to play devil's act advocate to what you said a couple of things that i wanted to say right not only i wanted to say but the people want to say too after 10 years of waiting number one people wanted him yes we had jay-z countless times in the last decade from 444 to holy grail to every other piece that he gave us whether it was features with with fat joe or anybody else that he killed right so that's number one number two if i'm not mistaken it was 13 tracks 11 to 13 tracks, 10 10 and 10 tracks and eight of them jay-z was on yeah and one of them was an intro that's, one of them was an intro where it was just melody so that's another thing. And the third thing that people are saying, this is another point of view that I wanted to give because there's, everyone's saying one thing, but they don't understand what they're saying is also powerful. Whether Jay-Z watched him or not, if you're comparing his pen and his fellowship to fucking Jay-Z, what else do you want from that man? Yeah, that's, that's a win if like you can compete. 
are you crazy? Like, if you're, if they're even talking about you in the same sentence as Michael Jordan and Jay-Z, like, Bro, what else is there? Can, like? you, can you imagine, okay, let's say Kobe Bryant is in the gym every single morning at 4 a.m. putting up thousands of jumpers or whatever it is Thank before you every day. Thank you in the gym. Yeah, yeah every day. And then right. some guy who was a great high school prospect was supposed to be one of the greats decided to take 10 years off. But then yeah. he goes and plays one-on-one with Kobe and let's say loses by six points, but but puts right. up five points on Kobe. Like, no. that is impressive. But, what? but to, to your point, like, I think yeah. it's because, okay, so if we take those two points, the insecurity that, that Jay Electronica is facing, that, that was clear on this album, that right. and the fact that Jay-Z is a great leader and motivator of people as you see he brings out the best of of kanye he brings out the best of his his producers he brought the best out of jay electronica i think he needed to be there because uh jay electronica didn't feel comfortable i think he said listen okay you don't want to start the album off i'll start i'll start it oh you don't want to finish this song you don't want to add another verse i'll put a verse on and i think from there that turned into this thing of like all right well we have a project with six songs together seven songs let's just put it like but it sucks. I wanted to hear his story, and I think we we still deserve another album where we hear him. A hundred percent. Before we go to the next one, let's talk about how powerful, right? How powerful Jay Z is. Not just in the music industry, not in just the finance and everything. The amount of things that man does behind the scenes, right? Since we're talking about music and everything, when it's final and done, and hopefully not anytime soon. And we see the fucking resume, the resume that we don't know shit about Jay-Z behind the scenes, the people he has helped, the lawyers he has paid, the pavement he has done. It will be something that people will be appalled by for fucking centuries. Insane. Let me just put it out there. Oh In my, any like industry, any field, that guy is at that 1% of things he's accomplished in life. Wow, so the next one, the one of my choosing, which all of them are fucking dope, is Russ Shake the Globe. Album was fucking fire. Now, let me say I haven't been tuned in for five years. I'm not going to act like I knew Russ before it was Russ. None of that. <laughs> so I tapped in about, about close to a year, maybe less, a little less than a year, right? Um through interviews. That's the dope mm. thing about life. Some people love people and tap in at the beginning through music, which for me was Nipsey Hustle, but even with Nipsey Hustle, it was interviews. I the number one thing that um I've heard Nipsey Hustle say before is to be a great you have to study the greats. Yes. Yeah. And that's what I've done all my life, whether the Bob Bob practice, whether the the Steve Jobs, whether the people who are on a different frequency when it comes to um, thinking on a higher level. Yo, um, you guys are thinking about this. Let me build a space pro, I suppose, a space company, Elon Musk. This guy one time was so crazy, he started to off track. He went somewhere to get an interview by a company, and this man was so crazy that he sat at the company. He didn't have an interview. Nobody knew who he was, and he was waiting for the people to come ask him for an interview. No, what type of thinking do you have to have? And he and he was saying this before. He said, oh, I, I waited, waited hours. Nobody looked at me. Nobody asked if I wanted an interview, so I made my own company. And if I'm not mistaken, it was PayPal or something. You got to be a different type of cycle, a different type of fucking visionary to think on that level. Yeah. We think... We, like, we think that we have thoughts and we think we have plans. That come, there's levels to this shit. This man waited for a company that he had no interview with, waited for hours. Nobody spoke to him. And he said, oh, he doesn't, they don't need me? All right, I'm going to do my own. I made his own like, company. <laughs> like, that's not the, usually the next logical step. First of all, to be able to right. sit there and, and, like, have the idea to do that is one thing. But then to right. go further and be like, rather than being like, all right, it didn't work out, I'll come back tomorrow. Like, no, right. <laughs> let me make an entire like <laughs> company. 
Like it's crazy. So I say that to say I came uh, by rush through through interviews and and him really speaking his um his truth and and being blunt in a, in a society where everyone hiding behind the shadows and behind the bushes. Mm-hmm. We only have one every decade, right? We have really dope people, really amazing people. We only have one J. Cole's, one uh, Kendrick Lamar's, one Russ's, one Jay-Z's, one uh, Nipsey Hussle's, right? So, Russ was, is at the level, not is at the level as far as music. I was going like to say, you're going to put, you're going to put, put him in that category? <laughs> right. Um, he's at the level of Kanye West when it comes to bluntness. Mm-hmm. I could him going to our war show and say, yo, 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 I would let you finish, you know? Yep, I, and I agree, and I think he says this too, so I, I'll give him credit. He says, oh, everyone says you're Kanye without the catalog. And and that's what my thought was. I'm like, okay, I don't mind the way he's talking. I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, being confident or even cocky or arrogant to some extent if you believe in yourself truly, which I think he does. Uh, but if you can back if you could back it up, like a, like Kanye, Floyd, I never minded them talking shit because I'm like, oh, they backed it up with music, with, with fights, with their record. But you have to be prepared for people to be rubbed the wrong way, and you have to deal with the consequences of the way people feel. Because, like we said, if a J Electronica is insecure, the average Joe listening to an interview is going to be insecure if they're not even close to that level. So with Russ, right. it's something like... I think he just had a complete disregard for how people felt towards him, which was fine, but you got to deal with the fact that a lot of people still aren't on board because you rubbed them the wrong way. Now, that being said, I do think he's incredibly talented. I'm actually a fan, but on this new album, uh, what I found, and, and you, you might feel a different way. This is my feeling. I found that the perspective was very monotone. So, I think his music was great. I think the the melodies were probably his strongest, but the perspective on all of the songs to me was the same. It was this speaking from this level. And I think Drake falls into the same category where he gets caught in this same perspective of like, yeah, I'm successful. Uh, I made, I reached where I wanted to reach. I got a logo on my pool. I, I'm going to tell you that eight times in a song. Um, I'm rapping right. at a high level. This right. is where I'm at. And, and and I believed in myself, yeah. and you can do it too, which is like, it's cool. I just didn't feel like I needed it on 10 songs. That that was my personal opinion. No, I, to a certain extent, now that you said that, it's like kind of like giving yourself the awards before the awards come. Like, let me, let yeah. me say it. Let me tell people. So I see where you're coming from because now that I've, it came out January 31st, 2020. Yeah. So top of the new year. Um, and now that I've listened to it so many times, yo, maybe that's why we listen to certain things and maybe that's why we're attracted to it also because, okay, so it's two different point of views. One, yes, they are, um, they are applauding themselves, which there's nothing wrong with, right? Yeah. What he's saying, which I really fucking agree with, right? Jeremy, there's no one that can applaud me more than me. Yes. I know what the fuck I went through. Like, for you to be where you're at, for you to leave Canada and take the J, uh, J. Cole route, like you were saying, go to somewhere you don't know nobody, start your own shit and be at the level you're at, you knew what the fuck you were going through when you were going through it. Yes. Now, the people applauding you only see you for a certain stage. Yes. You have to get to a window for them to see you. But way before that fucking window, you were still going through it yourself. They don't see the 11 You were your only... <laughs> right. You were the only... Exactly. Exactly. You were the, you were the one happening for yourself. You were the one saying, yo, even though I'm down, I'm not going to stay down. So to a certain extent, I agree with you. To a certain extent, that's another way that I feel like, yo, yes, you see the success of Inspired Degree right now and where it's at, but there was a point where I only had 2,000 followers. Yeah. Yeah. Where I only had 15 likes, no comments. There was there was those points, and now that I'm at this level, I'm not hyped about it because I knew it was coming. Yeah. So that's we we ha- it's just like a society, a society that's somewhat insecure. If they see someone that's a bit shiny, they see someone that's really um confident, then they say, Yo, why are you so confident? Rather than saying, Yo, we respect them, and that's that's the point that we should be getting at people start questioning and that's what you're saying about Russ like 
people weren't ready for it. Yeah. Like, we just, Kanye West dimmed it down, and that was the last one we were used to. So, um, 100%, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be ready for the reactions that you're gonna get from people. Kind of like if someone pranks you, you can't only wait for one fucking reaction. Everyone's not the same. Like, for yeah. me, I'm the most respectful person in the world borderline cycle too leave me the fuck alone i'm that type of person i don't do well with pranks and everything i don't prank people i don't joke with people that much if, unless i truly love you and i know you to another extent where you won't take it serious just like how i won't take you serious if you joke with me yeah. but if you're a random joe in the middle of the street and you prank me whatever reaction you get from me whether i break your nose or your leg that's on your behalf because you don't know what somebody else is going through in that moment Leave yeah. people the fuck alone, man. So with, with, I say that to say what? Yeah, go ahead. With Kanye, I, was, I, I think like, like you said, it was it. We didn't see the if we would have seen Ye talking the shit that he was talking, which he was like, yeah. I'm the best rapper in the yeah. world. Put me on. I'm the best producer in the world. Put yeah. me on. If we would have seen him talking like that before we right. saw him at the height of college dropout, we would have. It was a different time. We would have felt the right. same way. It's just that we didn't see that in clear view whereas with russ we saw it really early so i think it rubs people the wrong way um and like i said there's nothing where I, I think you should be confident and i think maybe in a couple years i think people are, are are growing like he's growing on people because now they're starting to see okay he, he can back it up a bit he's not maybe right. as brash as he like he he's more self-aware of where he's saying these things who, what he's talking about um, but for him, I just it, it just felt weird because he says he studies all these things. He says he's very aware. So you should be aware of people's insecurities and know that if you want to take it to that next level, if you want to go five years from now, 10 years from now, you might have to tone it down. You, it's just that's politics yeah. exists in everything. I truly agree with you. And I think if I'm not mistaken, you can check the newest of interviews. He really is getting to that level. Yeah. He understands that. Yeah. Because now that he's at a higher level and he's in higher rooms, he sees once again everything is 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 um how do I say it? Everything is basically like perspective, a point of view, right? You might think a certain way till you meet someone who is at a way higher yeah. scale yeah. and they're like yo if this person is not doing the most extreme stuff maybe that's why they're at that level so i think he's understanding that but to give credit where credit is due the thing that i love the most about him and nipsey hustle is the way they give back yes yes they tell about the game the breakdowns like no artist ever and i can really say it ever because i've been in tune with whether it's rappers, whether it's artists, whether it's it's musicians, actors, whoever it is that's very successful, I study their stories. Nobody breaks it down the way that Russ does. Not even Nip. Nip is way more articulate, way more gets into your mind and your feelings yeah. and your emotions. But the way Russ breaks it down, telling you 2015, I only made six hundred dollars. 2016 i made 2000 breaks it down to yeah. you everything that he did from the basement everything that took place how he did albums by himself i really think that's needed in a ocean pool of people that want to be artists especially the yeah. younger people because everybody wants instant gratification yeah and i think and, and and to close off i think that's that's where i give the most credit because nobody is really telling you people are shining and flashing and showing you what they have Nobody's telling you how they got there. And Russ is one of the few people, I will give him credit for this, uh, giving back. He gives game. He tells you how to, he shows you how he produces things. He literally gives you free lessons on how to be an independent artist, how to use TuneCore. And, and the thing is that most people, I remember one of my professors used to say like, uh, when guests would come, they would leave business cards and, and only two people would take a card at the end only one of those people would call like so you can get free game even someone like gary v they give 90 percent of their shit away per se and only that two percent is gonna follow 80 percent of what you do so it's like the more you give is actually the more beneficial beneficial it is to you um but but yeah i gotta head out um this is 
it's been a good that hour flew. Um, this is right. and this is only episode one. Right, and and to tell you guys, we wanted to stop at thirty to forty <laughs> minutes. It's not that easy once it starts flowing. But to finish it off, man, value creates value, and this is another reason why we're doing this at a time where it's needed. Um, whether our schedules are very busy or not, we just wanted to give you guys an energy that you guys can feel. And we wanted to give you guys um, something to listen to where you can take your mind off a lot of things and understand that you are truly blessed and you are truly blessed. And in this um, moment is one of the greatest opportunities, a lot of doors and opportunities and, and, and people who are, who need things is, is really, is really getting aligned with things that they do need. And to finish it off, the only thing I could say, man, is prepare for what you really want Mm. because Wanting it and actually working for it are two different things. Yep, and I I 100% agree, and I think, like you said, hopefully if you guys are listening to this, if you listened this far, you know, if you listened an hour in, you're you're really tuned in, so hopefully, you you know, you take that frequency, take that energy, and do something positive with it, give it to somebody else who needs it, and uh, if you take anything of value from this or your mind was opened a little bit, uh, we really appreciate your time and energy as well. So we look forward to speaking to you on the next uh, episode. And thank you, man. Thank you for setting this up. This is this I is appreciate dope. You. I appreciate you too, brother. And with Inspire the Great Podcast, you're going to feel this energy. Peace out, y'all. All right. Peace.